Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I want to thank you for joining us, those of you that have joined us in this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting, which concludes in a couple of days. And uh, through, this, uh, through this month, I've been teaching on prepare. And so the past three messages have been, uh, regarding prepare, have been fasting, changes, vision, and today is action. And so when, when we consider this, that fasting changes our uh, spiritual vision so that we can walk in, in, in the things that God has called us to, that we can walk in the action, the godly action that God has destined for us. And so today's message about uh, action really is helping us to walk in the fullness of what Christ has called us to and to walk in a Christ-filled life. So, again, we're, we're uh, in this, uh, this series. So I'm doing like a little intro every morning, uh, every Sunday morning. So if you wonder why I'm kind of looking at the camera, I guess I shouldn't be saying that. Hey, I gave you an intro. Uh, Mark, you can cut that out. Um, but we're 19 days into this 21-day fast. How's everybody doing? Y'all doing okay? All right, all right. We are 90.476198722% done. Okay, we're 90% done. So listen, don't, you know, press in and continue on. Last year when I got that significant word from the Lord where he said, Are you prepared for my return? I'm coming soon. That was like on the last day of the 21-day fast. So press through. Again, uh, if you're doing an extended fast, listen to your body, not your flesh. Okay? All right. So just hang in there. Uh, prepare. Action. Jesus in the Bible provide truth and principles on how to live a Christ-filled life. And so if you've been coming here to Life Fellowship for any length of time, you know that, that our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. So we are called to be committed, mature followers of Christ. I shared a post on, on Facebook uh, the other day that I saw. And it said, everyone is a Christian until it gets biblical. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I, how many people have we talked to that say, yeah, I'm a Christian. But you look at their life and their lifestyle and you're like, ah, uh, hmm, Okay. Uh, how can we influence and powerfully impact lives for Christ? I was thinking about this, and I think you guys have the answer. I think we simply go out and live it. Live it. There you go. You guys are on target this morning. Jesus was fully God, and he, full, and he was fully man, and he was a man of uncompromising action. Someone that we can model and live after. And Jesus calls us to live on uncompromising lives. And when we invite him into our heart, when we, when we invite Jesus into our heart, we are saved. Okay? But does our, ref, does our life reflect that we are saved? Does our life reflect that we are truly his and are, that we are committed to him? And I know that this Christian walk is a, 
a progressive thing. You know, we get saved and we come into this relationship with the Lord and God begins doing a work in our hearts and lives. But there should be some evidence that we are following Him. Now, I want to read a scripture that we've talked about, I don't know, dozens of times. And you probably have the scripture memorized and we've talked about it during the series. But I want to talk about it again today. In fact, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you just to listen to, to these words. For we are God's masterpiece. Okay, I want you to consider that for, for a few minutes, a few seconds. You are God's masterpiece. You are not trash. You are significant. You are greatly loved and cherished. You are valued. Your gifts and callings are unique. They're important and needed. You are needed. You are deeply loved by God. Okay, you can open your eyes. <laughs> okay, so let's read on here. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Listen, when we receive Christ... It's not just so we have fire insurance. It's not just so, and I don't mean to diminish this, that we have the Holy Spirit living in our lives, but so that we can live the abundant life that Jesus came to give us, so that we can share the hope and the love of Christ, so that we can walk in victory. Jesus said, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have abundant life. And we need the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live the abundant life that we're called to live. Listen, if we miss this, we're missing it. We know that we're saved by grace through faith when we believe, not of our works. But it's about this relationship. And if we don't understand that God really does love us, I think there are some people that say God can love them, but can He love me? Yes, He can. And I think there are Christians struggling today with this, this simple, basic, fundamental message that we are His masterpiece. We are not His discards. We are not His trash. In fact, I want to I do something that uh, a little unusual today. I want to personalize this. So I wanna, I'm going to read this scripture, and I want you to read along with me, and I want you to speak it out, and, and the words in red, I want you to emphasize, okay? Are y'all ready? You ready to speak it out with confidence? All right. For I am God's masterpiece. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. Are we up there? Okay, all right. That was pr- take two. All right. You ready now? All right. For I am God's masterpiece. He has created me anew in Christ Jesus so I can do the good things He planned for me long ago. Okay, I guess I need to practice that a little more. But are you getting it? Listen, this is a personal thing. It's not for somebody else. It's for us. It's for you. All right? So my first point is we are committed We are called to be committed to be mature followers of Christ. And secondly, listening to the Holy Spirit leads us to follow correctly. We can follow incorrectly. We can go through the ditch and the mud and the swamp, or we can stay on the path. I was thinking about this, that that God... Well, we need to be, remain just connected to Him. We aren't, we aren't called to a casual, compromising Christianity. 
And I believe that there's something that we may be missing here that is a really important detail. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. Jesus said what the Father taught him. So Jesus is talking to the Jewish leaders, and uh, he tells them that he is the Son of God, meaning he is equal with God. And they are even more determined now to kill him. And then he says this in John 5, 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So Jesus was compassionate toward people. But he loved people enough to help them, not enable them. So are we truly loving people? Do we have, that's why these relationships are so vitally important, that we can share honestly. You know, think about the woman caught in adultery. She was caught in the act. They didn't bring the man, but they brought the woman, right? And they were going to stone her, not with Jack Daniels and marijuana, but with rocks. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? Because remember, he wrote down in the, in the dirt. We don't know what he wrote, but it mattered. Hey, Joe, weren't you with this woman last week? We don't know, but we know they dropped their, their rocks from the oldest to the youngest, and they walked away, and Jesus said, where are your accusers? And she said, well, they're all gone. And he said, well, I don't accuse you either, but stop. Stop it. Stop living this lifestyle. This almost got you physically killed. He said, and what did he say? He said, go and sin no more. So it's important to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his leading. And Jesus was talking to the people and the Pharisees here in John 8, 28. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. And he knew that he was speaking prophetically, and he was saying, hey, you may not believe I am who I say I am now, but one day you will know. And the word says, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And we're blessed that we know him now, right? Because we have, we have his presence. We have uh, the ability to, to go boldly before the throne of grace. He continues on, I do nothing on my own, but say only what my father taught me. So, are we saying what the Lord is speaking to us? Do we have that connection with Him? Fasting, prayer, yielding, seeking the Lord can help us to follow His plan of action because Jesus was a man of action. Let's look at John 14, 12-16. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. I'm not satisfied with anything less than what Jesus said we can do. But this is perplexing to me because why aren't we seeing God move in greater power? Is it because we don't believe? Is it because we're not really listening to the Lord maybe? Maybe operating and, and moving by our own motives and desires. Maybe we aren't really seeing what the Lord wants us to do. Because if we lock into Him, we're going to know His heart. And it may be different than our heart. And our heart may not be bad, but He's Lord. Think about 
if you have a short and a wire, you know, and sometimes you, you move the wire and it's connecting, and then you move the wire and it disconnects and you have to move it back. Sometimes I think that's what happens in our lives is we get a little bit disconnected. We're not completely disconnected, but we're not solidly connected and plugged in. And so we need to remain connected to the source, and he is the source. John 14, 13 says, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Think about that. When we're connected to the source, we can ask for anything because it's in accordance with his will. That is powerful. That is life-changing. Jesus was complete in his obedience to the Lord. There was no, there was no fracture. There was no uh, short in the wire. He was firmly connected to him. And, and so Jesus is talking about we can ask for anything and he will do it. But he's not talking about selfish gain. He's not talking about uh, satisfaction of our flesh. He's not talking about justification for sin. Well, I know that the, the word is clear that we're to abstain from sexual immorality. Well, I just want to have sex outside of marriage. I know that we talked about it last week, Matthew 7. Uh, Seek ye the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Live righteously. And all these things will be added to you. But, you know, I, I want the riches of the world. I know that Jesus came to set us free. But I kind of like being in this addictive state that I live in. I know that Jesus has called us to live a committed life. But, you know, I still want to kind of live this compromising life. No, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He is able to accomplish his will in our lives and through our lives when we yield to him. His word says that he can do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. And so in our little mind, in our little vision, in our little thoughts, God wants to do more, but it, re- it, it requires us to remain connected to the source. And look at what John 14, uh, 15 says here. Um, if you love me, if, it's conditional, right? If you love me, obey my commandments. If we don't obey his commandments, we really don't love him. Because God has put boundaries for our good. And, and so he's saying, look, if you really love me, obey my commandments. Do what I've asked you to do. Because I love you. And, and it's good for you. For our relationship. It's good for your relationship with other people. Obedience is connected to our relationship with Jesus. People that don't have a relationship with him, they're not going to obey. The, the word, the scripture, that doesn't mean anything to them. But to those of us who have a relationship with him, obedience is key to us walking in the fullness. And please hear me, this is not about religion. It's, it's not about crossing every dot and, or uh, crossing every T and dotting every I. So we are called to be committed, mature followers of Christ. Listening to Holy Spirit leads us to follow correctly. Our obedience to the Lord is a direct reflection of our relationship with Him. Our obedience to the Lord is a direct reflection of our relationship with Him. So Matthew 7, 21 to 23. 
Another perplexing scripture for me. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But he will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. It would appear that they are doing some miraculous things. But that really didn't matter because they didn't have a relationship. And so this relationship drives us to uh, do God's will and do miraculous things. But apparently we don't have to have a relationship with, with Jesus to do, perform miracles. Think about people that are operating in the demonic, people that uh, read tarot cards and all that kind of stuff. They're operating in some power, but it's not Holy Spirit power. Obedience to the Lord is based on our relationship with Him. It's not about dotting every I and crossing every T. Some people believe their relationship with the Lord is based on performance. It's not. However, when we yield to Him, He will be working through our lives. I'm talking about action today. I'm talking about us being the hands and feet of Jesus and going out and doing what He's asked us to do. The Lord is not looking for perfection. He's looking at our heart. He's looking for people that will yield and say, Here am I, Lord, send me. It's not about uh, our performance. It's about how much He loves us and how much we love Him. Jesus demonstrated His love for you on the cross. <laughs> that is love in action. You're, you're not trash. Jesus didn't die for something of, of worthlessness. You're of great value. And God has a great purpose and plan for you. So again, we're talking about action. Jesus was crucified and rose again on the third day. Eleven days later, in Matthew 28, 18 through 19, Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And this word for nations means kinship, culture, common traditions, nations. We're not physically present in Israel, India, or Africa, but we financially support ministries that are there. And one of the, the primary reasons that we support Israel is because of Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ, Paul was writing. He said, it is the power of God at work, saving everyone, say everyone, everyone, who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. So this is the primary reason that every month for almost 13 years, Life Fellowship has been sending $1,000 every month to the work of bringing the gospel to the Jews in Israel, to hundreds, probably thousands over the years. And our tithes and offerings are producing wonderful, eternal results. So I did a little bit of math, and, and uh, I figured that we've probably given, you know, probably well over $200,000, you know, to Israel, to the work there, to Africa, to India, maybe more than that. I don't know. 
And, and every, every month we support two children in Compassion International. Listen, our giving is touching and saving souls. Is having an eternal impact, not just in Kima and, and this area. And when we get into Dickinson, when we get our building built over there, but right now, we are following what the Lord says, and I think that's one of the reasons the Lord is blessing us because we're just simply doing what He told us to do. So, thank you for your faithful giving and, and support, and uh, I, I'm thinking that one day we will be able to meet some of these people, <laughs> and they may say, "Hey." Thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving to these ministries. And now I'm here. I, I had a relationship. I met Jesus because of your faithful giving. Matthew 18, uh, 28, 8, 19, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. The brother of James uh, the brother of James, the brother of Jesus, stepbrother of, of Jesus, James, says in uh, 2 James 2.26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. This relationship will drive us to do good works. It's not the other way around that our good works drive us to Jesus. Amen. Jesus called us to live a life of power, not of compromise and complacency. Let me ask you to consider some things. Are you willing to stand up and confront sin in your own life? Are you willing to confront sin in the lives of people you love? Jesus addressed the Pharisees and the religious. Paul and the writers of the New Testament addressing these issues in the churches. These letters were to the churches. Let me ask you to consider something. Do you think the Lord works powerfully through Christians who live compromised lives? What constitutes Christian compromise or complacency? Well, I think it can be our character, our actions, our speech, our attitude. Probably most importantly, the condition of our heart. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Not fear. No fear, no timidity. And this refers to lack of mental or moral strength, cowardice. God has given us this power that we can walk in power and might. But I think that sometimes people are living in fear. Are we willing to speak up and stand up for the cause of Christ? Listen, you, you know what's happening in the world today. Are we going to be able to stand up and freely preach? Is the Bible going to be considered hate speech at some point in time? Are we willing to stand up for the cause of Christ? Am I willing to mentor and lead my own family members, coworkers, start a Bible study at work during lunch? What about people in the community? Do you take the opportunity to reach out and say, hey, let me tell you about this relationship I have with Jesus. Maybe just a smile to the cashier. Maybe just a kind word to the person behind you. Maybe pay it forward every once in a while. Maybe just do something nice, just randomly. 
Why don't you close your eyes? Let's consider these, these questions I'm going to ask you. Am I willing to call sin, sin, and address it? Am I willing to abstain from sin in my life? Am I willing to bring my sins to the Lord and repent? Okay, you can open your eyes. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's what God has given us. That's what he's empowered us with, power. This word is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. He's given us that kind of power, dynamite power in your life. Love, self-discipline. Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He promised for us long ago. We were created to live and to have an authentic, genuine relationship with the Lord and lead others to experience the same. Are we doing that? Are we modeling for other people to, to see? Because people are watching. People are watching us, especially when they know that we're Christian. So we're called to be committed, mature followers of Christ. Listening to the Holy Spirit leads us to follow correctly. Our obedience to the Lord is a direct reflection of our relationship with Him. We're called to a Christian life of action, not of compromise or complacency.